Bernard Pepperlin, a novel by Kara Hoffman, published by Harper in 2019. Chapter One, A Swim in the Drink. The Dormouse had been trying hard to stay awake. First, he ate a sugar cube. Then, he pinched himself. Then, he tried climbing on top of the rickety table instead of sitting in his chair. The table was set for a tea party, and the cups and plates clattered as he moved past them. Crusts of toast were scattered over the white cloth, and in the center stood a blue china teapot decorated with a picture of three bridges and a winding river that led out into the sea. He stood on a package of biscuits to look around, but couldn't see her anymore. The curious girl with the long blonde hair must have left the party when he had nodded off. Daytime was hard if you were nocturnal, especially if it never ended. He's sleepwalking again, said the March Hare. Well, get him down, said the Hatter, before he steps in the butter. I'm awake, said the Dormouse. You always say that, said the March Hare, and it's rarely true. The Hatter poured a drop of tea onto the Dormouse's nose, and it burned like a little spark. He yelped, his whiskers stiffening, tears forming in the corners of his eyes. The Dormouse wished he had gone with the girl. She was wearing a blue dress and a white apron, and floating beside her was a large cat. The cat had an elegant striped coat and was grinning from ear to ear, its teeth gleaming in the late afternoon sun. Or at least, that's what he thought he had seen. There was no sight of them now, and cats rarely floated, so it might have been a dream. But, dream or not, the Dormouse wanted to run after them. He wanted to walk out of the garden and down the lane, but he knew he couldn't make it past the front gate. None of them could. Because for the Dormouse and the March Hare and the Mad Hatter, time had stopped. They couldn't walk along a new path or meet a new person or go to a new place. The day that time stopped had started out fine. The Hatter was to sing at a party, but his song was so terrible, so loud and boring and long, that time itself became furious and walked out on them, forcing them to live forever at half-past tea time on Sunday afternoon. It wasn't so bad in the beginning. It was exciting, even. Because of the Hatter's song, the sun was always golden, the roses never died, and the brambles never needed pruning. There were always scones to eat and buttered toast, delicious black tea with cream, and none of them. Not the Dormouse, nor the March Hare, nor the Mad Hatter had grown a day older or an inch fatter since four o'clock, August 14th, 1889. But very soon things changed. Few creatures ventured out into the garden to visit them at their long table, and without time, dreaming was the only way to leave the garden, or have visitors, or do anything new. Worst of all was being with the Mad Hatter. He bragged and stood on his chair in muddy boots. He spoke with his mouth full and guzzled all the tea, and there was no way to avoid him, sitting there at the same table in the same garden on the same day that could never, ever end. The Dormouse stood on his toes so he could see out through the gate, but all he could see were the tips of the cat's ears and the girl's pale hair shining in the sunlight as she walked away. Then a moment later, she took a sip from a tiny bottle and disappeared entirely. Why did she leave? The Dormouse asked. 
Well, she was no good at riddles, so she decided to go, said the March Hare. And songs, said the Hatter. She was no good at songs. The Hatter's skin was ruddy pink, and his pale eyes bulged slightly beneath unruly gray eyebrows. He wore a top hat on his large head, which seemed enormous compared to his skinny body, and he was dressed as though he had just come from performing at a concert. He reached across the table for a slice of bread, used it to wipe a smear of raspberry jam off his face, then ate it. You, of all people, should not talk about songs, said the March Hare gravely. The March Hare was buck-toothed and easily startled. He spoke quickly, like most hares do, and he was used to making the best of a bad situation. He poured himself another cup of tea, spooning in four heaps of sugar and stirring vigorously. The Dormouse gazed out, the winding cobbled paths beyond the trees and flower beds. If only I could be alone, he thought, and take that path. If only night could come and I could see the stars in the sky, watch the sunrise, and hear morning birds singing. If only I could swim in a river, or hear a clock tick, or meet new people, or talk to other mice. I wish she would come back, the Dormouse said, thinking he should have tucked himself into the girl's pocket. The Mad Hatter ignored him. He was busy prying his watch apart with a butter knife and slathering butter on the gears. The March Hare sipped his tea. His hands trembled as he set the cup down, and it clattered against the saucer. How much tea have you had? the Dormouse asked his friend drowsily. Since time stopped, said the March Hare. 56,575 cups. Why do you ask? The smell of roses and warm tea and milk made the Dormouse's head nod forward. He's falling asleep again, said the Hatter, pulling a pin from his hat to poke the Dormouse. He can't help it, said the March Hare. The door in Dormouse comes from the French word dormir, which means to sleep. The Hatter stuck the March Hare with the pin instead. The Dormouse heard his friend yelp, but he could barely keep his eyes open. His head nodded forward, and he sank into a little pool of honey that had gathered at the edge of his saucer. He needs more tea, said the Hatter, yanking the Dormouse toward the great blue teapot. Jerking awake and startled by the commotion, the Dormouse grabbed at whatever was in reach. Watch gears, sugar bowls, the edge of the tablecloth. He knocked plates and cups and silverware to the ground. Let him go, cried the March Hare, grasping the Dormouse's tail and trying to pull him away from the Hatter. The Dormouse kicked at each of them in turn, fighting with all his might to get free. At last, the Hatter grabbed the Dormouse around the waist. He lifted him high off the table and plunged him, snout first, into the scalding darkness of the steaming blue teapot. And then something truly remarkable happened. Instead of fighting and thrashing and squirming his way out of the teapot, as he had done before, the Dormouse shut his eyes, pushed his head farther in, and began to swim with all his might. He swam away from the Mad Hatter and the March Hare, away from the garden, away from the table and the never-ending tea party. He plunged down and down, unable to feel the bottom of the teapot beneath his paws. Someone was still yanking his tail, but he swam harder until they lost their grip. He swam down, 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 holding his breath. Soon the tea was no longer hot, but cold as ice, and his heart was beating fast in his chest. 
He opened his eyes and a vast murky world swirled before him, green and cut through with rippling bands of light. A fish as large as the March Hare swam past, its scaly tail sliding along his side. He kicked, not knowing which way was up or down, pulled by the current and tumbling in the water until he broke through the shining surface, coughing and gasping and miraculously free. This ends chapter one.